Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lin, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of healthcare and technology are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be talking about experience management. And be sure to follow the show on social media at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 17 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. Well, Colin, we're, we're here talking experience management at the X4 uh, event that Qualtrics puts on for its users. What's been the experience like for you at X4? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, always coming to a user group conference is fun, right? It's because our favorite, huh? It is, it is. <laughs> Both we, of us. <laughs> because companies do treat their customers really well, it's, so they put on a really good show, everything is usually top notch. So from that perspective, it's definitely been a great experience. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, uh, I think for this conference, what's been surprising for me, because Qualtrics is across many industries. It's just the number of sessions mm. and the amount of uh, healthcare folks that are here. So that experience has been pretty unique and pretty nice. Yeah, and I loved in the day two keynote, they actually said, we've been listening to you using our tools. <laughs> and they said, here's the three changes that we made to the conference experience that you said weren't, didn't live up to it. So it was like pretty cool kind of eat your own dog food type yeah, of situation exactly. where it's like they were listening. Now they did miss one part where you had to scan your badge to get into an event. I don't know how that didn't bubble up, but I mean, I guess that's part of the whole thing is that, you know, every tool has limitations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but the experience has been really good. And it's been pretty interesting to hear some of the discussions that have been happening around, you know, you know what's happening in the uh, experience management world inside and outside of healthcare. In fact, that's kind of the, the first um, uh, question, which is, you know, how is healthcare managing patient experience or consumer experiences today? They're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, and that is true. But in true, in yeah. some degree, right? Uh, yeah, and I think that's a common thing that I've kind of felt as I've talked to a lot of the healthcare customers. I mean, it's amazing how many uh, healthcare organizations use Qualtrics for their platform. So there's been a lot of healthcare talk in large organizations here. You know, Stanford Health, uh, you know, the Permanente Group, et cetera, that you know are here doing really interesting things with these tools, but. What I keep going back to is that for a long time, we just took patients for granted. You know, either they had a monopoly or, you know, it's like I say, if you have a six month wait list, you don't have to focus on the patient because you're just trying to get through the day. And, you know, I think that's probably the wrong mindset, but, you know, a lot of healthcare organizations have taken that approach, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, you know, over the last decade, we've done an okay job at maybe starting to measure patient experience and consumer experience. I think healthcare, you know, obviously with HCAP uh, surveys and things like that, we're starting to measure it better and get some information uh, and collect more feedback. But I don't think we've really actioned it. I don't think we've really done a lot with it other than some surface changes. And I think one of the interesting things about being here at this conference and hearing other industries is, you know, they, that's where they were 30, 40 years ago. And now they're really seeing the value of, oh, no, no, now I need to act on this data. I have all, this, all these touch points, all these places, and now I can gather that into some interesting intelligence and make uh, meaningful change. We're not there yet, very clearly. I mean, I think still in healthcare, it's, it's more about the outcome. We're still focused on, hey, like patients just want to have a good outcome. And to a certain extent, they're not wrong. We want a good outcome when we go to the health system. But now all the other stuff around the whole experience, pre and post that visit, is becoming so important. 
Well, it's funny you mentioned HCAPS, uh, and, and you know, Quadrics announced efforts in HCAPS to do it, but I was having a conversation with someone from Fresenius, and they actually use ICAPS in mm. theirs rather than HCAPS because they're not a hospital, right? They right. do the end-stage renal failure, dialysis, et cetera. And she's like, yeah, she's like, it's amazing. I did my ICAPS, and I got some feedback from three years ago from our ICAPS scores. She's like, how am I supposed to do anything with that? Like, three <laughs> yeah. years later, that data is not useful for me, right? I can't impact the patient experience that happened three years ago. So much has changed. And so I think that was one of the interesting takes coming out of this discussion is like, how do we move it to more real time? Because we have done stuff, like you said, HCAPS, we've done, you know, Prescani does lots of surveys. There's, there's lots of people asking patients a lot of data. I mean, we all get those surveys when you leave the hospital, you know, other things, right? But what are you doing with all that data, right? And how are you doing that in an, a way that can actually make a difference rather than, hey, I got to do it because the regulatory required me to do it. That's a different mindset, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's just interesting you bring up the whole real time. Uh, I've had conversations at various conferences over the years where you know, some people are actually okay with it not being real time, not because they don't want it, but because there's an expectation if you receive feedback in real time that you can act on it in real time. Mm. And they're just not staffed that way. They can't change someone's uh, meal right away. They can't uh, move someone from one room to another right away. They can't change the temperature of the rooms right away or do things. So they want to, and they all want to drive to that future, but currently just, they just don't have the resources, they just don't have the manpower to, to do real-time service recovery, which kind of is an expectation if you have a real-time feedback system. Mm -hmm. So the whole post-visit survey is kind of sort of at the right, temp the right time and tempo for them because there is no expectation for you to fix something like right then and there. Yeah, um, it's a good point. You know, there was another element in the keynote that I think highlighted where we're at in healthcare. Mm. He said that most companies, he said in general, he wasn't speaking to healthcare, but I'll apply it to healthcare because I think it's true as well, is that we're in healthcare, we're doing experience measurement, not experience management which I think is a subtle difference, right? Where we are measuring what's the experience, but to your point, do we have the resources to reply, to go and change the experience, to, you know, do we have the, the power to go to the EHR vendor and say, hey, guess what, this patient portal isn't cutting it. We need it to improve because our patients are complaining, right? Like, that's a hard uphill battle to convince an EHR vendor, especially if you're a smaller organization, <laughs> to go get them to understand that, hey, as a partner, we need you to improve the experience for our patients, but it's gonna require you to improve the software, and let's not get into the fact that, okay, well then now the EHR vendor improves it, but you're three versions behind, which <laughs> every, every EHR vendor wants to solve that problem too. <laughs> well, that, actually on that note then, let, let's talk a little bit about how, how should healthcare organizations really be approaching this whole thing around experience management? Yeah, it actually kind of harkens back to some of our GIS talks, like when I was at the Esri conference, right? Where it's like, well, everyone uses GIS, but do you have a dedicated person to that? Or, you know, it's like everyone listens to patients, but do you have someone dedicated to listening to patients? You know, I feel it's kind of the same way, right? Like, sure, everyone should be part of experience management, but if there's not a dedicated person to remind you that this experience matters and why it matters and add that kind of empathy, which I think was an interesting theme here, right? That experience is about having empathy for that customer, for that patient, you know, and, and being able to have that empathy and understand that. If you don't have someone doing that, you get lost in the minutia of implementing a new software or 
fixing a process that's not working quite as effectively as it would, right? But if you have someone who's gonna come and say, hey, let's take a moment and think, what is it like for that cancer patient and the, and the mother of that cancer patient to come into our organization, have it, right? Like it just adds some empathy and reminds you of that human behind the process that you're solving. So, you know, maybe that's the first one is like dedicated someone to experience. And that's happening at large organizations, but not so much in smaller ones, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go a little bit different in the answer here. Like, I, I think, uh, the approach that most healthcare organizations are taking right now is they're focusing on areas that they can control as the experience group, and uh, they're purposely avoiding the clinical area. That's because, first of all, I don't think it's reasonable, uh, and we've heard it here at the conference talking to organizations like Intermountain and, and others where it's just not reasonable to put more on the top of mm. doctors and nurses and technicians. They're already overburdened. So to expect them to deliver solely deliver a better experience is unrealistic. However, there's the sort of the digital front door stuff, you know, experience with the website, experience with the chatbot, experience with finding a doctor. And then there's all the tail end stuff around the financial experience, around the bill and how you get it and how, whether or not it's understandable. And so I think those areas are areas where people are like, okay, you know what, we can, we can fix this because it's not going to add more work to the clinicians, but it's it's very impactful in terms of the overall experience that a patient does have with my organization. So what I'm hearing here and what I'm seeing in the market is the approach that organizations are taking around, okay, let's, let's focus on those. Let's fix those because those can be fixed by a small group. It doesn't require five different committees. And let's get patients involved in, in ironing out this really, really convoluted process of booking an appointment <laughs> or a really convoluted process of figuring out how to pay your bill. So I think those are the approaches that, that healthcare organizations are taking, and I'm certainly encouraged by it. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's a bit of energy that we've seen, even at, you know, at other conferences that we've been to, that value-based care is going to force this effort, right? That no longer can we take them for granted. We need to listen to the patient, and we have to create these experiences that are that are are, are quality experiences because that will improve the care, right? And we've we've seen that in a lot of things, and there was a lot of discussion about that in the different, you know, discussions that I had with healthcare organizations. Is that if we improve the experience, the outcomes improve as well, which is really interesting to think about. You know, that whole tie between if if they have a bad experience, well, maybe they won't trust you and then they won't fill their prescription and that becomes a big problem, right? Because they needed that prescription to improve their care or whatever it might be or the, the quality outcomes. So I, I think that's the other part is thinking holistically about it, like you said, is going to be essential in this value-based care world. But to your point, it's really hard to do. Mm. Like, how do you do that and, and then not just listen and say, okay, we know there's a problem, but now how do I get IT involved and the patient experience and the chief medical officer? Because it, it does take this multi-stakeholder approach to really solve the problem. Yeah, and you know, th and thankfully, like as you said, there are more and more organizations that do have people dedicated to the patient experience or experiences in general. Usually that's part of the marketing team, but increasingly it's its own, sta its own standalone department. Um, and once you have that champion, I think that's when you can see um, some change happen, as you said. Like, I think when you have someone who can prove the ROI, which I think is very key, then you can push, the, uh, you can push these, uh, these things forward. And, and we do need it. I mean, it, you know, competition is coming or is already here in certain areas. We, we talk about it. We talk about it here, you know, the threat of retail health and the threat of other forms of healthcare, which are going to take away some of, the, some of the patients that people have. And so, you know, the general consensus is, hey, we shouldn't panic, but we definitely need to deal with this. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I was thinking about Intermountain, who was announced as a you know a new customer of Qualtrics and partner of theirs that's working on implementing this. And he said something really interesting. Uh, he's the chief strategy officer, I think, at Intermountain. He he was like, "Hey, we are a nonprofit, and one of the beautiful things about healthcare is we want to share." He said, "We believe in open source healthcare," which you know, as a nerd, I I like the open source <laughs> reference, right? But you know, his idea being like, hey, we're gonna learn what works and what doesn't, and we wanna share it with you. Because we understand that you're gonna do the same and you're gonna share it with me also. And I, I thought that was a really interesting thing to see as far as the community and as far as, you know, because there are so many problems to solve, like why aren't we sharing it? I, I think we've wondered that for a while in a number of different situations, implementing EMR is a simple example. Like why aren't we sharing these templates across it? Like we should, right? Like you don't need to reproduce the will every time. And so I thought that was a nice element from Intermountain saying, hey, we're starting this journey to really, you know, of course they've been listening to patients in different ways, but we want to do it, you know, using this platform and, and then also some passive ways, which that's actually the other element that I think maybe people should listen to. Coming out of this, you know, is like, okay, you can survey people to death, but then you start having diminishing returns. But what are the passive signals you could listen to to understand like how are the patients doing and there's a lot of signals out there search signals there's you know review sites there's social media there's your fo contact forms your call center etc like you can listen to all of those because the patients are already telling you something and so I think that is going to be another trend that if you're looking and saying well how should we listen to our patients what are the passive things you can do rather than just the active let me survey them and see what they say right because you know the <laughs> passive ones you're hearing from a a wider swath of people that I think is more interesting, it's more powerful. It's almost like invisibles versus wearables. It's that same concept where it's like, they don't have to do anything and we hear what they're saying. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with my colleague John Lin and I'm Colin Hung. Today we are talking about the patient experience and managing that in healthcare. So John, let's flip the script a little bit and talk about something uh, that Qualtrics uh, announced here uh, at the conference, which is turning their tools inwards to look inside an organization rather than looking outside. What they're talking about is using their sentiment analysis, using all of these uh, passive listening uh, capabilities to determine the employee experience. And as we know in healthcare, that's a big issue right now. Yeah. How do you think healthcare should approach this? Or do you think, and do you think uh, healthcare in general is going to adopt a tool like this to to use on their staff. I mean, I think that we should, right? Because burnout's been such a problem, and and I think what we've discovered is that some people have been doing this, right? They've been using Qualtrics to survey their employees to understand. But what's interesting about their announcement is they're bridging the two sides together. That if your employee experience is bad, then your patient experience is bad too, right? Like because your employees determine your patient experience. And that there's a correlation between the two that they're gonna bridge in their product, which I think is a, a fascinating thing to think about. Uh, there, there was one speaker that talked about your patient experience can never be better than your employee experience. 
which I haven't fully chewed on, but I was like, that's kind of interesting to think about, right? Like, because they will determine, is it a good or bad experience by how they're doing it. If they're doing bad, everything else could be totally rock solid, best care possible, easiest digital tools to check in. And then if that grumpy nurse sits in there and, <laughs> yep. and gives them, treats them poorly or whatever, probably a doctor more than a nurse, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it will ruin the experience. So I think that bridge between the two is what's been really fascinating for me. Uh, for me, it was a lot of uh, very interesting features that potentially could help. I mean, back to your comment about passive listening, uh, they're able to, for example, through the Qualtrics system, detect uh, rage clicking, <laughs> right? So they're able to see, like, as you're using a tool internally, are you clicking and clicking and going back and forth between the same two menu options and it's just not working? And that's one thing perhaps that IT could solve, right? just relieving that one little frustration. If you multiply that across all your employees or all experiencing the same thing, these are these little frustration points or friction points, I think they called it, that they can remove. So I think those kinds of things are, are, are easy, uh, easy things to kind of snip off uh, and address in terms of employee. But also, uh, rightfully so, they're talking about things like, well, just knowing who's, uh, not just who's looking, but who's being looked at. Uh, by, by recruiters, you can actually tell based on how they're entering information into their system. So they've applied some sentiment analysis to their data entry. Like, I'm, you know, in healthcare, it would be data entry into EHR. You can tell by how, how a doc enters the information as to how happy or not they are and whether or not there's going to be an issue or whether an employee perhaps is being recruited just by looking at that kind of information. Mm. It's pretty fascinating. And I think you know, for an HR department at a hospital, I think that's an early warning signal that I think they would probably appreciate right now. Yeah. Well, and when you think about the sentiment analysis, it opens up so many new avenues of understanding that, you know, whether you're looking at a whole call center and saying, what's the sentiment of patients calling in? Mm. Like that could be really informative, right? Or if you do it to your employees saying, what's the sentiment in the emails that are being sent around, right? right. Which there's lots of privacy interesting questions as we dive into this, but the sentiment analysis changes the perspective, right? But, you know, I think the other passive ones that are interesting to me is like the email. Are they responding to more emails? Are they responding to less? That might be an indication of some burnout, right? And then I look at it and expand it, which this, I don't know anyone doing this, but you look at it and you're like, well, couldn't we do this in Epic with Epic messages and the onslaught of messages that doctors have started receiving, which is why they started charging for them and a number of organizations. It's like, could you analyze that? And that might be a sign of burnout that you need to go talk to that doctor and and do something about it to understand you know and and help proactively address some of those burnout issues that hey you're behind on your charting notes or you have too many messages you haven't replied you know let me use that as an indication to understand oh, okay am i engaging my employees the right way that's a powerful passive way to understand how your staff's doing yeah, i think we'd have to keep in mind of course you know it's an approach to employee uh, engagement and employee sentiment. And there's the tools like Qualtrics, but there's equally tools, as you just mentioned, that your regular day-to-day -day operating tools, like your EHR, like the imaging system, right? You could look at those and combine the information and say, well, how much workload did we put on this person? How many images did they have to go and read today? And then you can look at the sentiment analysis. The combination of the two can right. tell you some really interesting things. I don't think any one system alone is going to give you the full picture. And I think that's a little bit of the message that I've heard here from some of the CIOs and some of the, uh, sorry, some of the chief experience officers that we've been bumping into here from healthcare systems. But let's get to this last question because I think it's the most interesting one, which is <laughs> what can, and by the way, this is a question I asked of the panel that I was uh, moderating, 
What, what can and should healthcare really be learning from external industries? Are there any inspirations? Uh, and conversely, are there any examples where we shouldn't be taking something from an external industry and adopting it to healthcare? Yeah, one that stood out for me was um, uh, the experience officer from uh, KFC, uh -huh, okay. right? Which has 20 something thousand stores. I don't know, it's the largest you know, fast food chain by locations, et cetera. So, what he talked about that was interesting was how do I push that data to the edge, to use a tech term? <laughs> you know, how do I take this, this experience data and push it to the store so that the store can actually use it? And I think that's a really interesting model for us because healthcare has the edge as well, right? We have, you know, 10 hospitals and 100 different medical practices. Like, okay, it's great that I know this data as an executive. But how can I give that data to the user on the front line to understand, hey, you know what, your practice in this organization is getting 10 complaints a day or it has bad sentiment across social media, et cetera, mm. you know, whatever it might be, whereas this location's not. That's an opportunity to really grow your organization and improve your brand and the experience that patients are having. Like, if you don't have it here and you do have it here, like, let's learn from each other and let's share what's going on. So I think that's an interesting one is how do we push it to the edge so that they can know how they're doing. I mean, for me, it was, I mean, we've heard this analogy a lot, but, you know, the airline industry is, mm. is one that healthcare gets compared to a lot because both are equally regulated. It's, it's you know, uh, limited competition, right? Uh, it's very expensive, <laughs> relatively. But we had the, the CEO of Delta come and talk to us here at Qualtrics. And what I found so interesting was, was his journey around uh, experience because what he was saying basically rang so true is like, look, when you get into the seat, there's a lot that Delta cannot control. It can't control the weather. <laughs> it can't control, you know, uh, the bumpiness of the ride. Those are things completely out of their control. So, much like the healthcare experience, once you get into the hospital, you people on the customer experience side of the house, and even to a certain degree clinicians, can't control exactly how that patient's going to have outcomes or how that whole experience is going to be. Where he was going was, you could control what you can control. And you know what they can control is the booking process. What they can control is the billing process, the wayfinding. And they can get you to your the gate as fast as possible. But once you go through those doors, they kind of have to go, now it's all up to them training their uh, flight attendants and training the people on the planes to treat people as well as they can so that if something does go wrong, they at least can still recover. I thought that was an interesting model for healthcare because you know, that's kind of you know, an approach I think could work is we don't have to fix Every, and make sure that every single patient has an amazing outcome right at the start. Mm -hmm. Let's just make sure that we can get them there and that process is smooth. And then once they get off the plane or get out of the hospital, that that experience is smooth. And that goes back to what I was talking about before. I found that really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you can't change the fact that they have cancer or right. whatever issue they might be dealing with, right? So, but you can change the other things, right? Uh, how, how their experience went. Um, you know, the other one that I would, I would throw out there, you know, which somewhat goes counter to some of the things that we said before, but is the real-time efforts that people have to really change the experience in the moment. And we did hear an example from one healthcare organization that said, hey, we did the survey while they were there and they were being discharged or something. And 
And then actually someone asked me about that. They're like, well, how does that work in healthcare? How do you do the real time in healthcare? I was like, well, do you know the discharge process? It's usually lengthy, right? Because you got to get the doctor to sign. You got to have risk management. Yeah. You have to have all these people say, yep, okay, it's fine. You can discharge. So it's usually a couple hours and sometimes more. And so like during that time, they could fill out the survey, the information. They can provide their feedback. And they, they get, someone gave an example where that happened. And then the doctor was actually informed. Like So pushing it to the edge like I talked about. So the doctor heard about this feedback and then the doctor went in and addressed the issue right there before the patient even left. So I think, you know, one that was, uh, you know, kudos to them because that doesn't happen in many healthcare organizations, <laughs> to your point. But, you know, that is the potential of this. And that's why I think what we see in a lot of different organizations is that they want to be able to do it proactively, reaching out to the patient. So I think that's a powerful idea. Yeah, the interesting analogy for me was was one actually by uh, Mr. Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz. You know, he talked about building this sort of experience moat because, again, like the airlines, he can't control the outcome of the game. He can't control any of that stuff. So he talked about building all of these things into the product, the offering, so that, hey, should the, should the team lose, people still have a really great experience. And again, in healthcare, we, we, we should probably take think about at least that kind of approach to say, look, we can't control what happens in the exam room, in the OR, in any of these places. We can't control what diagnosis they're gonna have. We can't control everything outside and build this experience moat so that even though that might not be good, the rest of it is good. And I think that that could be a very practical approach for healthcare. Yeah, I think another one that was just a simple idea was, what's the feeling that people are having and, and then are we capturing that in everything we do? Uh, it was uh, Joanna Gaines, I think, right? She was talking about when you go to Waco, Texas, which is the middle of nowhere, <laughs> to their store, Magnolia, she's like, we want to feel like you're coming home. Or if you go to magnolia.com, the website, right? We want you to feel like you're coming home. And she's like, I want you to have that experience. Is that mindset happening in healthcare? Not so much, right? But I think it is something like, what is the feeling we want people to have? And I think the feeling I would say for most organizations is that you're gonna be cared for, you're gonna receive the highest quality care, that you're gonna be you know, appreciated and loved the way I would my own kid, right? And so you know, like, I think that may be something that we could take away as well. Yeah, hopefully we can, we can get that. And as we know, like, Maybe you will be actually in your home right? <laughs> in the future for healthcare. That's a good point. So that'll be, that'll be a whole new customer experience that we all have. But hey, thanks to all of you who listened and tuned in to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. To find out more information about our program, go check out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And hey, to find out more about us, visit healthcareittoday.com and engage with us on our comments and also on social media using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung, along with my colleague, John Lin. Thanks for being here.